Instead of me, he promotes Charles Lee, makes him second in command. I'm a general. Wee! You're listening to Hamilton, shot by shot. I'm your host, Brian. I'm your co-host, Rose. Today we are reviewing the song, Stay Alive. Welcome back, Rose. Glad to be back. So yeah, we're doing Stay Alive, which is song number... Well, actually, what song is that? 14? It's 14, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, I can't believe I did. I actually, yeah, it is number, uh, song number 14. And that begins at 45 minutes and 57 seconds on the Disney Plus, ver- <laughs> Disney Plus version of uh, Hamilton. And the runtime. Two hours to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like we've done a few songs already, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like we're that deep into the show. But at the same time, we're forty-five minutes in. Feels like we're kind of in the middle. Yeah, yeah. We're we're getting close to the middle. At least getting close to the. We're still kind of in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. It just yeah. feels like we're getting close. Maybe because we just passed the middle of the first act. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But the runtime for this is two minutes and thirty-nine seconds. Do you just want to just jump right into the song then? Sure. So, I mean, this song, uh, everybody gets a little bit of a part. It's it's um, it's another one where it's not like we've had the last couple songs have been focusing on one main character, and this is like the mm-hmm. whole crew again, kind of. The song starts off, we hear kind of Eliza in the background, don't we? Like she says, stay alive. Mm-hmm. So even even though she's not really featured in this, we, we get a little bit of her. Yeah. And, uh, just kind of like the background singer. Yeah, like it's almost like the whole chorus joins her, but it's definitely her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Hamilton's he gets right into about talking about how he's never seen the general so despondent, and he's taking over all his correspondence, you know. So he's writing and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of going into some of the hardships that the troops are facing, basically being starving, and the merchants won't take their money and stuff like that. So. I'm pretty sure this is uh, putting them square uh, in the Valley Forge days when they're encamped in the Valley Forge. Mm-hmm. They never call that out. Well, we'll, we'll try to talk about Valley Forge in a little bit. We'll just after we get through the song, we're going to get into some facts. So, well, I don't know if this is related to what we're talking about or what this song is. I could have just misunderstood what I uh, read, but it might have been the battle. No, never mind. No, go ahead. I want to hear, finish your but thought. I want to hear what you're saying. I was going to say it might have been the battery you're talking about, but you said it was in the winter, and that makes no sense. But I have a fact that one of the battles that Lee was in and a couple other main people, like Burr, and um, was so hot, so it doesn't make sense that it was in the winter, um, that Washington's horse died of the heat and Burr got sunstroke. Yeah, I think we talked about that when Robin was on last episode. Um about that Burr, one of the things that Burr had wrong with him is he, um, I think he did, I, we didn't call it out as sunstroke or heat stroke, but he had had some sort of um, ailment like that because he eventually got let out of the army before the end of the war. Yeah, yeah. and um, the book I have about Hamilton says that he, after a while, or after shortly after that, he left the army. Yeah, because I think he he just wasn't getting better. Yeah. 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 So, well, what I what I I mean, and that could be part of it, and because I, I think as they get into this, because they're saying you know um, the cavalry's not coming, right? Mm-hmm. So Washington comes up with an idea 
of we can't just face these guys in open battle. And maybe it's because they had lost or had suffered such, uh, you know, losses or, or whatever. It also could be that their army just wasn't ready mm-hmm. to outright face. So what he's talking about here is um, he said, he's like, there's only one way for us to win and it's to provoke outright outrage outright. And, you know, Hamilton's like, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but don't engage, strike by night, remain relentless till their troops take flight, make it impossible to justify the cost of this fight. And he's like, outrun, outlast, hit them quick. And get out fast. Chicka pow wow. If you say any more, um, we're going to get sued. Right, because I'm literally just almost borderline singing the song. So what what that's saying there is, I, I liken it to, look, they've tried to stand up against the British Army. Their, their army is not equipped to, to handle the toughness and the resources and the... Um, uh, experience is important of the British Army, right? Um, because I read somewhere that a lot of the men that showed up, especially in, when they were encamped in Valley Forge, were fit, but some of them didn't even have shoes. You know, like they just weren't equipped. You know, and if they did have weapons, a lot of times there was a, their own hunting weapon that they brought with them. So uh, General Washington used the winter months in Valley Forge to train the troops so that when they, you know, when it became the fighting season again, they were, they were better equipped to be a, you know, military unit. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's a side note for, for now. So as far as what he's saying here, you know, like hit them, you know, basically hit their supply lines, you know, take, take, hit them when it works for them. If they're going to engage in open battle, make sure it's in at the place of their time and they're choosing um, the strategies right for them, all that good stuff. What I think he's saying is, you know, in The Patriot, when Mel Gibson, um, I believe he was a colonel, mm-hmm. um, yeah. they decided to use more or less guerrilla tactics. Um, he knew, he, in fact, he calls it out to his son. And I think he was talking about Gates, right? Wasn't he saying Gates spent too much time with the British regulars? And he said he, and they were engaged in open battle. And, of course, the Patriots lost. So what did they do when he was with the militia? They would cut their supply lines, right? They would... Mm-hmm. They would ambush him from the trees. They would, when, when Cornwallis's like private letters and, and clothes were coming, they stole it, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They blew up, you know, a boat. They didn't outright. Fireworks. Yeah. yeah. So what's that? There, it was fireworks. Fireworks. Oh, goody. <laughs> right. Exactly. That lady. <laughs> That's what I think they're talking about. Like, don't, in fact, there, <laughs> there's a, a, a comedian from a long time ago that used to do a little bit about the American revolution. And he said they would treat it like a football game and there was a ref and they had to do a, a coin flip to see who got to hide in the trees and wear dark, you know, wear clothing that matches the trees and shoot from the trees and who had to wear bright red and march out in the open field. And of course the, the Americans won the coin toss. So they got to do all that stuff and the British had to march right in a row. So and that's kind of what they were referring to. I think hmm. is to do those kind of hit and run tactics lot of militaries throughout you know like uh it's almost like an insurgency type thing um if you know anything about that like when a when an occupying force is bigger and greater a lot of times the um smaller ill-equipped people will just do little tactical hits where where it's good and and the idea behind that is to kill so many of their people that they become demoralized 
And they just like, it's not worth staying here anymore and we leave. And that's, I think, what Washington was applying, implying in this um, song. So, he, you know, he, he basically he says we're going to fly a lot of flags half-mast, mm-hmm. which means, you know, a lot of times you do that when somebody's, you know, died. Somebody important has died or if there's a big tragedy, military tragedy, we'll fly our flags half-mast in honor of the people that died, stuff like that. So, um, of course, they say raise a glass because that's a callback from when they said raise a glass of freedom. Mm-hmm. And then so we get we get just a little bit from each of our friends so far, Lafayette, um, Hercules Mulligan, and uh, Lawrence, to see what they're going to do in this, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so Mulligan goes back to New York and, under, and, and does his apprenticeship. He was a tailor's apprentice, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, Lafayette being French, he said, I asked for French aid. I pray that the France has sent a ship. And then, of course, Lawrence says he stays and works with uh, Hamilton. He stays mm-hmm. with him. And they write essays against slavery, and they, you know, basically they're brothers in arms, right? Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned that before, right? Like, uh, I, I think you brought up about Lawrence pushing for, like, he wants to do the first black battalion. And, I thought uh, you brought that up. Well, maybe it was me. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I thought you you had a fact about that in the past. but I might have. I don't remember. I mean, obviously it is in the song. They mentioned that, but I think that was mm-hmm. true to life and... um but I, you know, I guess um, I didn't, because it's funny, because as we've talked about repeatedly throughout this, Lafayette was not a part of their crew because he wasn't even in country when all this was going on. He came over mm-hmm. later, right? It, it is, it's neat to know that Lawrence and Hamilton really were buddies, you know? <laughs> so they, of course, they talk, and this is where I was getting back to like the, the Patriot. We cut supply lines, we pick and choose our battles, um, you know, but, uh, you know, of course, now we get back to the whole personal thing with Hamilton. Can I have command? No. <laughs> right. But then he says, you know, he complains because he's talking about Charles Lee. Did you say Charles Lee? Charles Lee. Oh, I heard Charles. Charles. He's a general. Wee. Hmm. <laughs> That's a funny bit. I don't know why they did that. I guess I guess they needed something to rhyme with Lee. I don't know. So do you know anything about Charles Lee or or who um who plays him? Um all I know about Charles Lee is that he didn't like Washington, mm-hmm. and he loved his dogs, apparently. Oh, okay. So I, I, that fact his, I didn't um, know. In the book I have, it said that Charles Lee like took his dogs everywhere. Oh, how funny. So now that this is why you're here, to offer these fun facts like that that I would have never found. Like you know, I found some facts about Charles Lee, about his military career and his past, but that's something I would have never known, and I didn't, I didn't research. That's, oh, I'm glad you shared that. But Charles Lee is played by John Rua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Obviously, he's he. You you notice him throughout this whole show. Yeah. This is a prominent character he gets to play though. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's throughout the musical. I mean, there's no missing him. You know. Yeah, he's like I think after and before he plays Charles Lee, he's like part of the ensemble. Yes, he's definitely part of the ensemble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see him throughout. You know, I looked him up, and he's got a few acting credits. He was He's from New Jersey, so everything's legal in New Jersey. So mm-hmm. he's appropriate that he's playing Charles Lee to duel in uh, mm-hmm. New Jersey later. He's done a lot of choreography and dance stuff for other things, um, but he's done a few television, television appearances. And one thing I used to watch, I don't watch anymore, is Blue Blood. So he, he was a character on that, uh, just one episode. He did some sort of SpongeBob musical live on stage he was he was one of the um under you know undersea creatures and probably dancing stuff in the background but i think he did some of the choreography for it too though so 
Blake, friend of our show and Movie by Minutes host, um, he mentioned to me the Internet Broadway database, and I never, um, I never was aware of that before. So I looked him up on that, and yeah, I, I got some information about him. He was um, one of his first like listing things was he was in 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 the Heights, the Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you know about that? No. Oh, okay. but like <laughs> I just it was like oh yeah because I forgot that Lin Manuel Miranda did that. Right, and of course, there's the movie, which I've yet to see. I think it's on HBO Max, but I've yet Wait, to watch it. What do you mean? Of course, there's the movie. Well, there's In the Heights, the Broadway show. Oh. And now there's a movie. I thought it was just a movie. No, no, no. It's it started out as a Broadway show, and so he oh. was in it. He played um uh, a couple different parts actually. So, <laughs> of course, he was in Hamilton. Now, this is, yeah. now this is what I found interesting about this Internet Broadway database is what it's called. If I misspoke earlier i think you did yeah i think i did too <laughs> so um you know they list him as the uh ensemble cast and he was charles lee but he was the understudy for alexander hamilton yeah right that's right because we were talking about this the other day i thought that was uh and he was the standby for alexander hamilton as like a replacement and you know so basically an understudy is if, if the main performer can't go mm-hmm. you know Something mm-hmm. happens or needs a night off that they usually step in. And like I said the other day, like you said, we were talking about that. Um, I was thinking, what if after he already got to play Charles Lee, uh, something happened like during the show to Lin Manuel Miranda, and then he had to play <laughs> Hamilton? They would be like, why is Charles Lee playing being Hamilton? <laughs> it might be confusing, but yeah, I don't know because like on. So like on soap operas, right? Sometimes because they're a daily thing and they record them not too far in advance. Soap operas used to be a lot more prominent and they were like five days a week, you know, daytime TV shows. They were usually put out pretty quick. So sometimes the actor who played a certain character that people have known for years and years, maybe they were on vacation, maybe they were sick, but they really needed, you know, this, the character to be on the show. So like, the announcer for the TV show would literally come on and be like, today, so-and-so will be played by so-and-so. And it's like, you're just supposed to go along. We're like, okay, that's why it's somebody different today. Um, I wonder if the Broadway show would like do that. Like they would be like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the part of probably not. Yeah. I don't think they would do well, that. But um, what's a soap opera? Um, like I was saying, it was daytime TV. Usually they're very melodramatic. Oh, I know. I know it's, perfect thing to explain it to you do you remember on the movie mr mom when he was watching these like tv shows as he was like doing the laundry and he would like sit down and watch the show and then he would call the other moms and they were like well clearly the child is you know julia's and you know you know or stevens and oh yeah and they were always debating yeah. that and then and then he had that dream sequence oh, where yeah. his wife shoots him and all that and it was and it was literally playing the music of the soap opera that he had been following all these like it was like days of our lives it's that type of stuff traditionally it was meant for like stay-at-home moms, you know. Like that's why they make a joke about that. And it, some of these go back from like the fifties. Wow. So like you know the the idea behind it is, again, traditionally because anybody can watch them, <laughs> you know. But back in the day, like, hey, kids are at school, husbands at work. Let's put on a show that moms want to watch, you know. That and and so while they're while they're at home and all that they would and and that's just like through the years they were huge like in the my mom used to watch them you know 
Yeah. And I mean, I even remember going to like babysitter's house, like, oh, you know, older, like older women. And like my mom was working. I had to go to their house or like whatever for, you know, be babysat for a couple hours when my mom was working. And she'd be like, oh, you got to take a nap. I want to watch my stories. That's when people say like, oh, my stories are on. They usually are referring to soap operas. (laughs) They're very melodramatic. They're very cheesy. Usually the acting is bad. However, um, they can be a lot of fun, you know. People people really enjoy them, and a lot of famous actors get their start on soap operas. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be like, "So and so was on Days of Our Lives." In that fact, sounds like something I would just put together for fun. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know James Franco. I know yeah. he's not per- he's not exactly well liked right now in Hollywood, but um, I've never a few even heard of him. Okay, you do know him though. He was um, Harry Osborne in the original Spider Man movies. Oh yeah. Well, he used Wait, to do just. Huh? I never. Yeah, we haven't really talked about him because we just watch. You know, he's whatever he is, what he is. But I don't pay uh, attention to who plays right. Who. But his name is James I just Franco. The movie. And there was a few. There was a few years back. He just randomly did a stint on. Uh, a soap opera for like a couple months. He's like, I just feel like doing this, and he did it. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something he would do. It was I. He did all sorts of weird stuff, you know, and that was just one of the things he did. Um, so on my other show, the Marine Corps Movie Minute podcast, one of the main actors that we were talking about was Mario Van Peebles. So he got his start. He one of his early works. I wouldn't say it was a start, but one of his early works was on a soap opera, and. Literally just a few years ago, maybe like 10 at this point, but he was, you know, much older man. He just came back and did a few guest stints as his old character on his old show, just just because, you know. (laughs) So they, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of famous people started out on soap operas and sometimes they come back. I think they're kind of dying because they, they just don't, they don't have as many as they used to. Why do they call them soap operas? You know what? I honestly don't know, but I will say that I used to watch a TV show as a kid. My dad showed me it was like in reruns because it wasn't. It was starting to get a little older, but mm-hmm. it was called Soap. It was a comedy show, but it was um, it was making fun of soap operas. So like mm-hmm. it was it was very like over the top. Like like in, in fact, in one point. Um, there was a very famous like Rosemary's Baby, like oh, did she give birth to the devil? They did a whole thing about like the girl got pregnant, but they thought maybe the baby was going to be the devil. <laughs> like it was like that dumb. In fact, at one point, one of the main characters got kidnapped by aliens. Like it, it was very, very stupid. stupid. Right, that was the whole point. That was meant to be stupid. Uh, so to answer your question, because I had to go to our friend Google. The term soap opera originated from radio dramas originally being sponsored by soap manufacturers. Ah, there we go. You know, they would say like, all my children brought to you by Dove, you know, the soap that keeps it clean. And that's how they used to do shows back then. Mm-hmm. They used to have like one advertiser that would promote the show, not like kind of today where it's like multiple commercials every time you turn around. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I see. We're learning all sorts of stuff, even unrelated to history in Hamilton. We're learning the yeah. history of soap operas. How did we get from <laughs> Hamilton to soap operas? I don't know, but let's get back to Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's get back to uh, Charles Lee and, and John Rua. Wait, did I say it right again? I messed it up. I sounded like you messed it up because you thought it was wrong, but it was actually <laughs> Okay, well, just to, just to round out him, um, 
he was uh, one of his more recent works that they have on the Broadway database. Anyways, that he was he did uh, one of the choreographies for Cher um, one of uh, on one of her shows, the Cher show. I I don't know if Cher. She's a famous singer, and um, she uh, I think she does like a Vegas residency now, where she you just go see her. You go to Las Vegas and you just go see her. You know, every night if you want, or every weekend, or something like that. So he did. Uh, the, he was a, the co-choreographer for the finale, um, the song "Believe." So, what do you besides a dog lover? What do you know about Charles Lee? Um, nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I'll try to sum this up pretty quick. Well, first of all, what does the song say about him? Um. He basically he's I made. We didn't. We forgot to listen to the song before the podcast. Oh well, I happen to have the lyrics in front of me, so. Oh, good. He's Washington's second in command. He poops the bed at the Battle of Mammoth, and they do a whole thing where he goes like, "Attack, retreat, attack, retreat." Mm-hmm. So this is one thing I didn't find out about, which I'm in- interested in. I'm, I'm, I'll have to look look a little bit more, but basically. Washington sends Lafayette in to take the lead because Lee messes up so bad at Monmouth. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, um, oh, but here you go. This is what you were talking about. A thousand soldiers die in a hundred degree heat. So I bet you yeah, that's what you, so, so what I think happened is early on in the beginning of the song, they're in Valley Forge in the winter. This is now fast forward to the fighting season. Battle of Monmouth happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think that lines up with, the timeline in in real history too, so you know you were spot on actually by 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 calling that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, um, Lafayette says he snatches a stalemate from the jaws of defeat. So basically, they were about to lose, but it was kind of like, all right, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a total loss by by them. So they said something about Charles Lee was left behind without a pot to pee in. That's not really a bad word, though. Yeah, I'm not going to say it, though. It's a family-friendly show. And then he uh, started saying that to anybody who would listen that Washington can't be trusted. Um, How many kids are actually going to listen to a podcast? How many kids actually host a podcast? <laughs> Our co-host. <Good> Touche. <laughs> yeah. Touche. Um, okay, so, you know, he's talking about Washington can't be left to his own devices and he needs to go back to Mount Vernon. And, of course, you know, Washington's like, let it go. And uh, that's another Disney thing. Yeah. And so basically he's like, somebody ought to, you know, so basically now Hamilton and, and Lawrence are saying, hey, somebody's got to shut his mouth. And Hamilton's like, well, I can't do anything about it because, you know, I'm under orders. And he's like, well, I can. <laughs> so he says, um, Lawrence, do not throw away your shot, which <laughs> is. The next so, song. Right, but it's something kind of, that reoccurrently, yeah. And then, well, it leads into the next song. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say, or then we go back to my shot and we sing that over again. Oh, that's that. That song's good, but it's too long. <laughs> well, this. I mean, it's good, but I think it's like, like I said, too long. Like all they say over and over again is like, basically, I'm not throwing away my shot. That's <laughs> right. literally all they say. But that's. I mean, this is what we've talked about. That. You know the song songs keep the themes keep showing back up, throwing away your shot. You know, mm-hmm. well here here's throwing. He's telling Lawrence, "Don't throw away your shot," because so Sounds you know that, that's now that's that's a discussion for another time, right? What's about mm-hmm. to happen? You know, that's yeah. the next song. So, what were you gonna say? What you were about to say something? 
All I said was, says him. Says Hamilton him. tells Lawrence to not throw away a shot. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. I just spoiled the whole thing. Yeah, but they were much younger men then. I think, I think, uh, yeah, I forget how old they were then, but they were much younger men than what, what uh, you know, when Ham- Hamilton goes through this uh, later in life. So mm-hmm. I think he's like 47 or yeah. something. I don't know. I, they're in their early 20s here at best. You know, mm-hmm. they might even be 19. They're really? They're pretty young. That's, yeah. That's really young. Yeah. So I'm going to try and kind of sum this up real quick, best I can, about Charles Lee. He was born in 1732 in Cheshire, England, uh, but he was educated in Switzerland. He was uh, spoke six different languages, um, and he served. Um, he fought in the Seven Years' War, and he he basically um, he married a, a, an actually a Mohawk Indian chief um, chief's daughter. They actually, it's funny that his wife's his wife's name was unknown, but he had a um, set of twins, a boy and a girl, with her, and he was adopted by the tribe. And his his name was uh, they they don't state what his name was, but it was translated to boiling water. So whatever his uh, native native name was is uh, boiling water. But he was known to be very moody. Well, maybe that's. Why they named him Boiling? Water. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I said so he was boiling and choleric, and according and he and he had a very uh, bad temper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, boiling. He, that's, boiling that's pretty good. Yeah. And I think he's um, he, he served in a lot of different armies actually, <laughs> but he eventually um, basically made his way to America, and in 1772. He was currently inactive. He was promoted to lieutenant colonel, but then around the time of the revolution, he resigned his commission and he became a member of the revolution or, you know, the, the Patriot army, you know, for, for the, for the Americans. He was actually pretty pat. He was uh, insulted that the continental Congress passed him over uh, Washington, you know? So that's where some of maybe this um, later, uh, annoyance and and I guess he he approved himself early on so he was like hey he was constantly in people's ear to like get rid of Washington but um, basically what happened and this was uh, interesting so after the Battle of New York he got captured by the British isn't the Battle of New York also called the Battle of Brooklyn I yeah think? I think so or is that a, a separate one no I think it's I think it's all the same so they you know, they had to flee. Like, they, they fleed New York, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, for whatever reason, he, he like, Charles Lee took his time leaving. He stopped at, like, a tavern overnight. And he got, he got captured by a British patrol. Um, it's his fault. What's that? It's his fault. He yeah. took his time. In fact, he was taken away in his dressing gown, in his, in his pajamas, basically. Why was he at a tavern in his pajamas? He, I, it doesn't say. He just he stopped in New Jersey and he ate Captain Men, and then he went and got found like a nice place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of getting the heck out of Dodge, he lollygagged and he got caught with his britches down, literally, because he was mm-hmm. wearing his pajamas. Um, and he spent sixteen months captive of General Howe, and he was worried that General Howe was going to kill him because he was technically a deserter from the British Army. So one of the things that he did that nobody knew about while he was captured is he basically turned on the Americans. 
he wrote a letter to Howe and he told him how he could defeat Washington. That sounds like something he would do. <laughs> right? Yeah, so he, um, he submitted a plan to Howe and a letter detailing a way to defeat Washington. But then, he because he was annoyed that Congress and Washington weren't doing enough to free him. But eventually, Washington was able to make a prisoner trade, and they got Charles Lee back. So nobody knew of his deception. So he just went back to the army in his old position. And that's when the Battle of Monmouth happened. So according to according to this, uh, on this article I have um, from RevolutionaryWar.net, General Washington put General Lee, because he was one of his most senior officers, in charge of the frontal assault, but he expected the Americans to lose Lee, that is because of the plans that he gave to Howe, So he turned it down, but then Lee had a change of heart and he finally accepted because he was going to put uh, Lafayette in charge. <laughs> so, but then Lee, Lee took it, but then it, but he, retre- he retreated instead of attacking. So that's attack, retreat, attack. Yeah. That's where the song gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so yeah, so then you know Lafayette sent word to Washington about Lee, and then Lee's retru- uh, the troops that were under Lee's command went right to right to, into they ran straight into Washington's troops who were advancing. So as they're running, as Washington's going forward to attack, Lee's people are running backwards, and he was furious. Washington was so Washington had him arrested for insubordination because they were the way they were you know going back at each other. And he was court-martialed and found guilty. <laughs> and it was, it was, um, he was kicked out about a year later. Mm. And then he tried to get Congress to overturn turn it, and, and it didn't. Um, I, I have some more on him. If I can, I'll, I'll try to link some of these articles I found on him. Because uh, there's just so much. It's actually pretty fascinating, you know. Do you have anything else about... Yes. Okay, what do you got? Um, well, from reading that book... I found out that Lee sent Washington a letter on June 29th, but for some reason he dated it as July 1st. So then when Washington sent a letter back, he told him that he misdated it. And then Lee sent Washington another letter saying that he was like upset that he misdated the first letter, but he misdated the second letter again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just trying to mess with Washington by that point. That's what it sounds like. Just yeah. any way to irk him and disrupt things. You know, it sounded like he was kind of a jerk. <laughs> or maybe he was just forgetful. I, that that could be very well be it as well. Rose, you got any fun facts for this one? Um, Yes. It's not much. Just uh, Charles Lee died in 1782. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, Perfect. Not much. Just. Yeah, it was because it was two years after he got out of the army, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, and I think I read somewhere that it was, uh, he had fever. He died of fever. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, anything else about this? Um, nope. Overall, do you like this song? Yes. Most of these songs in this right. musical is good. Actually, they're all good, just some of them are sad. Right, right. I, um, so, okay, so, so just a little peek behind the curtain here about the show. Like, so when we were going to do this episode, and I was, you know, I know Stay Alive is reprised later, and I had that, that version of Stay Alive in my head. So I was thinking of a totally different song for Stay Alive, the non reprise version, the first, the first version of it. And I'm like, well, that's fine. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll, I won't do a lot of research. We'll just kind of review the song. And then so I pulled this, I pulled the clip up of, you know, of 
of the show and I'm like, wow, there is so much to dig into. Like I, I have more notes that I didn't even get into because there's just, just so much history mm-hmm. in this one song. Yeah. I mean, we didn't talk about, like I could have talked about Mulligans, what he, what he went off to do. You know, we could have done more about Lafayette. Of course, we mentioned them a little bit. Um, but just, you know, all of this, like it's, I could have gotten into what Hamilton was doing during the Valley Forge thing. It's just, there's just so much, like I said, like, and, and I was like, this is not the song that I thought it was. And I was just fascinated by it. It was almost like rediscovering the song anew for the first time. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I love this song. <laughs> I just yeah. had a good time watching the whole thing. So on a scale of one to 10, what would you give it? I mean, it's for me watching this. I mean, it was like a, a solid eight or nine. Like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll split the difference, call 8.5. I just liked it so much. I liked that everybody got a little part. I liked that it propelled the story of the revolution. I like the fact that there is some decent, like, factual stuff in here that you kind of, it, it condenses it, but you, you can really expand it and, and really dig into it. And I mean, truth be told, I love Christopher Jackson as Washington, and I can mm-hmm. watch a whole play of just him being Washington. I just, I already like George Washington, anyways. Christopher Jackson's great of it. I like him and Hamilton, you know, Lin Manuel playing off each other as well. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I don't know, like it, it. The song itself is actually good. Like, but this segment of the show, I just loved it, and I couldn't. I just wasn't. I was just dumbfounded about like like why was i not even thinking about this when we you know before we started you know getting ready for this episode but what about you like what would you rate it well i forgot to listen to it and somebody forgot to remind me to listen to it (laughs) and forgot to play it for me so um i kind of forget so it's not fresh in your mind right um but from what i remember Probably seven seven point five or eight. Okay. Do you want to pause it right now and listen to it, and then give them give your like fresh opinion? Sure. Okay, let's do that and pause. And we're back. We just listened to the song. What's your thoughts? Um. Now that we just listened to it, probably. An eight or an eight point five. Yeah. Just because it's so catchy. Most of these songs are catchy, so that's why I really like them. It's catchy, and but it propels the story. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I noticed one part when Hamilton and Washington were were speaking. It, you could hear Right Hand Man. It's like the music of Right Hand Man for that little bit. It's I didn't it's that. it's changed. It's changed. It's like a it's like a slower version of it. But it was. I'm like, oh, I can hear the beat of Right Hand Man. I was getting, I was getting excited, you know, listening to it again. Like it's just so good because mm-hmm. they put the cannon fire in there and just, you know, I like the whole thing of the attack retreat. What are you doing? Get on your feet! Like I just love that. Like, would you say this is your second favorite song? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, prior to doing the show, I, I mean, I, I really don't. I, I would have dismissed this one outright and not even thought of it, but. Now, I mean, I would, yeah, I would put it up there. I'd put it up in the top five. And your favorite is You'll Be Back. (laughs) I just love everything with the king. Yeah. So. That one's one of my favorites because it's funny. Yeah. But my favorite is Burn because 
it it's easy to like remember but it's only my favorite because first of all i love um i forgot the actress's name but i love the actress who plays eliza's voice and also and you could really hear it because it's just her singing and also i like it because i can remember the words so i can sing along with it and i can't do that for most songs actually yes i can but I i just really like it yeah, and I, I I don't know what my favorite song is because it'll change from every time I listen to it. But I like Right Hand Man, but I think I I think I like this one a little bit better than Right Hand Man. I like the ones where they talk about you know having Washington on your side. Like yeah, I really like that. But the problem is like a lot of these songs, I like that part of the song. It must be nice, you know, like mm-hmm. to have Washington on your side because I like it later when it's like with Hamilton. But I don't know if I would say the whole song is my favorite. You know what I mean? Like and as much as I like the King and all that, like those are funny and and, and good. And so I would put all three of the King songs kind of as one song, like one long song that I really Yeah. that I really like. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but it's, I would definitely put this in the top 5. Thinking about maybe we should do a ranking episode when this is all said and done, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too much mm-hmm. and it, it would be ever changing. You know, I can't, I can't commit to that. So, uh, speaking of committing, uh, I can't commit to podcasting any further. So, uh, Rose, unless you I have can. anything, you can, <laughs> well, I came for another episode, I mean, but not for this. I'm done. So I what, don't have any other, anything else to say. Okay. So you got nothing else for this episode then? Well, except for thank you for listening to Hamilton Shot by Shot. Um, you can find us on Hamilton Shot by Shot, that is, on social media at Hamilton Shot by Shot on Instagram. Uh, if you want to email us, HamiltonShotbyShot at gmail.com or on Twitter, Hamilton underscore SBS. And of course, we have a Facebook page, Hamilton Shot by Shot, if you want to like and follow us there. What if people don't want to? Well, it's still there. But if they don't want to, they don't have to do anything about it, but it's still going to be there whether they like it or not. <laughs> It'll just be lonely. It'll just be me tweeting out nothing. <laughs> Please like and subscribe. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I guess that's it for me then. If if you're good, I'm good. Thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, thanks. I already said that. Saying it again. I can't thank our audience enough. Yes, you can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you can't. Thank you for listening. I'm not throwing away my, not throwing away my shirt. Check it out.